You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you. Guys, we got a lot going on today. We got some big news in biotech slash healthcare land. Uh, Biogen had some news. Johnson & Johnson has some news. We'll talk about that. We'll probably talk about Elon Musk a little bit because he sold a few more shares of Tesla yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk banks with our guest today, Nate Tobuk. He's the author of CompleteBankData.com and the Bank Investor's Handbook. He will join the show at 835 we will do some ticker time at the end of the show, and then Mitch will do a segment where he'll run through what's on his radar. In the meantime, let's bring up Joel's charts here. And Joel, tell us how we are doing. We're doing okay, Spencer. A quiet inside day on a, a Veterans Day yesterday. Caught a bid right above the close. So we got a double close area. That's kind of rare, 42 and 43. So that's my area of interest on the downside. Uh, on the upside, quiet we couldn't we took out the intraday high but not the uh the glowback high so we're chopping around here we'll see if we can get in that 4660 handle and barrel towards back 4700 or got some work to do on the downside we'll see here but a quiet overnight range only 14 points uh crude flirting with 80 bucks again that's down to buck 36 at 8023 Gold's down 660 at 1857.20. Silver's down 18 cents at 25.11. Oh, Bitcoin taking a little haircut today, down 1180 at 63875. Mm-hmm. And Ethereum going the same way, uh, down 157 bucks at 4600 and a quarter. That's a little over 3%. So, one of the first news items I see today is this Johnson and Johnson split. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I think is, man, I hope Dennis is not short Johnson and Johnson. Not Dennis? short, not short Johnson and Yahoo! Johnson was long Johnson and Johnson overnight. And this is what I tell you 
on any given day, random news can work in your favor and out of your favor. Don't let it affect your strategies because a week ago when I was short General Electric and it announced the split into three companies, I got murdered on it. People saying maybe you should decrease your size. Maybe you should change something up. And I was like, absolutely not because it's random BS bad luck. Today on J&J, I just happened to be long it overnight. I've already sold it so I can freely talk about it. Um, it's just not, it's, that's not like, oh, I'm a good trader because I just made seven points on Johnson and Johnson. Yes, I made seven points because I sold it earlier this morning. Um, it's only up four now, but I'm not, you know, it's just not just good trading. That's just BS luck. That's so just as much as my GE short when it renounced random news was BS bad luck. This is BS good luck. So throw it into the BS jar because you're not a good trader because you just made seven points on J&J this morning. You got lucky. That's just random luck. So random luck today, random bad luck last week. I basically net out. So, you know, on that. So, can I, I ask have you a better question? day today? Probably. Uh, can I ask you a couple questions yep. here? And this is something, yep. a little bit of a preview for the December 11th event. Were you at your desk when the news broke? No, I had slept in a little bit, but I missed it by about 10 minutes. Okay. So, so and when then, you came... And then the, the trading afterwards is some skill involved. So, the nice thing about this General Electric, you know, is that it gave us precedence on what they're going to do yes. to stocks after splits. Or after they split them up into different companies. So somebody came and they just couldn't stop buying J&J this morning. And bought it all the way up to $172. Okay. We already know that GE not only gave back. It gave back all of it and is now trading lower than when it announced it. So it appears that they get the initial hop and spike off this. And then they give it back. At least that's what they did with GE. Do I think the same thing is going to happen with J&J? Yep. I think the same thing is going to happen with J&J. I would be selling it even at 167.5 this morning. I was long it. I sold at 169.5. I didn't get the 170, 171 because it was up there. And you can see the initial spike up. And I wasn't at my desk at that time. But when it came back, you know, I'm, I'm, I must have got to my desk. Well, no, actually, I was on the initial candle, I think. That initial candle is what? 20-minute candle, Joel? 15. 15 minutes. Yeah, I was right in there. I was in there somewhere. Because I'm so, just asking, did you yep. like did you sit down and you know, did you did you did you just come out and say, okay, I went out at 169, there was a bid and you slammed the yeah, bid? Yeah. No, I thought six and a half bucks was good enough okay. on, on news like that because because GE had just given it back. If GE hadn't given it all back over the last three days, I might be like, Well, maybe I'll digest and see. But now I have precedence. So I'm like, okay, I'm just getting out. So I think I hit the bid at 169.5. It actually was up at 171 after that. So I could have got a little bit better price. But I wasn't sitting around waiting to see it start leaking. Because okay. I don't know. And, and, and I'm just getting to my desk. So I didn't have time to like really analyze what was going on that much. Other than the fact that I see a split. I, see, I just saw this last week. And the stock gave it back. So it makes me think that this could give it back too. I think 6.5 bucks is too much. I think so. I made seven, I made seven. I guess I made six and a half. So, uh, you know, that's why I turn around and sell it. So now it's up only four and a half. Like I said, could, you know, it's going to be talked about in the media. It's on CNBC right now. I mean, Jim Cramer's going to talk about it. Right. Jim Cramer likes J&J. He'll talk it up and maybe it'll get some right. pop into that. But I think when the dust settles and we look at this a week later, other things being equal, meaning, you know, we don't have a rip roaring rally and all healthcare stocks. 
um, and there's no other news in J&J, I think J&J could leak a lot of these games back. The, the only reason I ask, and then we can move on, I know we're spending a lot of time on this, is if, you know, don't you see those initial candles when it was this, on its way up to 172? Yeah. Right. That like you would have if you would have seen it there and you're like, oh, you might have just like on the way up, you're like a whole number. You might have thrown something out there at 170 just because the market's moving so quickly. Right. I don't think an algo. I, I think I, I was know. out of I think if you're, you're, you're looking at the candles better now. So that initial spike up candle, I was in the second candle, the second blue. one. Oh, OK. So I'm not okay. in that initial one because that's a better candle I'm looking at. I'm in the second one. I was I was actually I was tired last night. I slept in a little bit. I usually get to my desk before six, like, sometimes at six o'clock. I thought I'm in my, I was up at 5.50 and I laid in bed for like ever. So I was okay. just like, I just didn't All feel right. like going down. I actually did check some quotes and stuff at like six o'clock and there didn't seem to be that much going on. Obviously this news broke around, I think around 6.20. So yeah, okay. so I got to my desk. So I think it was in that second candle. Um, yeah, good question just... from Paul. Why don't you reverse and go short? I mean, that's, yeah, that would have been <laughs> money. That's, uh, that's a really hard thing to do when you're long you something do it, and then turn around I'm, and go short sometimes. And when you can do that, you're really on the ball. So yeah, it would have worked in this case, but I would have taken some heat on that too. Um, so it's always easier to sell along than it is to turn around and say, okay, I actually think this is bearish news. So do I think it could leak it back? Yeah. But do I think there's still some pops in here? Do I think there's going to be a Kramer push at nine o'clock? Probably. I'd probably sell more into a Kramer pop if he comes on and he gets behind this like, oh, yeah, this is great. Maybe even talks about on mad money. It could pop a little bit more because of that. So I think, you know, up four, it doesn't feel like much of an edge because you still have a lot of people. I mean, it's on CNBC right now. So they're going to talk about this all day. So that could drive more volume into it as people talk about it on media. Retail traders get in. I do think, though, if you're in this stock. I think you need the, to ring the register, and, and that's my. I'll say right now, after coming down off that one seventy two, I'm just looking at this one sixty seven and a half area. This is just very short term, you know. I I would, and I saw this in GE. I remember at one fourteen, and I was thinking if it can't hold one fourteen, it might give it away, give it back. Yeah. Right now, kind of that one sixty seven and a half that looks at. But the other thing I just want people to think about is this stock got up to this area right here. It hasn't traded there. So since early September. Johnson and Johnson is a f- fairly thick stock, all right? Thick. So in order it, it, so if you if you think about how much it's traded a lot of volume, it could definitely open up in this area. But if you add up all the days and all the volume and all the potential offers out there, that is like a huge move and if you were doing that, I mean it, it would almost never happen in a regular session. So this is one where you got the good price in the uh, in the after hours. We'll see see what happens in the regular session, though. But I'm glad you're on the right side of that one, Dennis. Oh, it's it's random luck. So you just gotta when you have random bad luck hit you, you just gotta chalk it up and say that's not you know. If you're trading bad, you're trading bad. Sometimes I trade fantastic and I lose money for simple bad luck. So it's like a casino. I mean, the edge is 52, 55, maybe it's 60% if you have a really good edge. You're going to lose 40% of the time, 42% of the time. I know people have 95% win rates. They don't take losers. And eventually those little losers turn to big losers and eventually get rocked. Like somebody was talking about, um, you know, a trader that, you know, hasn't, hasn't had any loses and he doubles down and he doubles down and he keeps averaging down and eventually comes back. We know how that story ends though, Joel. 
that story ends like if you average down and this is why you know the casino has limits on you know doubling down on red 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 but you know you get to a point where that roulette wheel goes you know 10 times in a row black 12 times in a row black those losses get immense and they get huge so you can double down you double down they double down they double down and 98 percent of the time the stock eventually comes back and they get their money back but that one or two percent of the time when you've averaged down so much and you've put so much capital into that what happens is you end up often blowing out your account. So you win 98% of the time, but on the 2%, you blow out your account. I don't like that either. So you can jack that win rate up a lot. You can have it really, really high, but you better be knowing what happens when that black swan hits or, you know, that time that it doesn't come back and it isn't pretty. And I've seen final, a lot of final people Final change a question. Eric, we, why were you long? Was it just, I had you get something else? Do you remember? I needed stocks. I was just too short spy. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm doing the ARB. I'm just buying the stocks against the index. So I do the ETF ARB. So, um, and I'm just buying, and I do it, you know, I do it all the time. So, you know, I'm just doing the ARB. To a There's certain your extent. answer, You're trying Eric. to build it. I don't do it like high frequency style. I build it and replicate it as much as I can. Like we've talked before, Joel, when you've got those top 10 components, you're pretty good correlation with the overall market to the tune of like 94%. But right. if you only got 10 stocks against the S&P, you're going to have those outliers where, okay, all of a sudden Tesla has a you know bad day or something. And it's a big component, you know, that, that can throw it, it all out. So it, it, it's a different style, but I needed stocks last night and, you know, I, I bought some J and J. So I don't, I don't remember. I, I, I probably analyzed that for, for like less than three seconds. I just needed to buy stocks. The market was ripping last night. I needed to buy stocks. <laughs> don't, don't acknowledge my joke on the screen here. Johnson, What's your joke? Johnson Johnson will become Johnson and Johnson. I don't right. think it's that funny. You tried it on me earlier. All right. <laughs> Do you know? Well, can, um, can I control those uh, those graphics down there? Can I get to put stuff up? How do you, you do that? If you get here early enough, yeah. <laughs> if you want to do, do we want to do some teaching today? We do want to do some teaching. We're getting some great questions. Paul and Paul yeah. messages me. Uh, he 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 gives us. He's giving another one. He's like, when you do your herb, is it random? Or do you pick pick sectors? I try to sector hedge as much as I can. Like I try to do banks with banks, come up, you know, oil stocks with oil stocks, you know, steel stocks with steel. If I can do that, that's awesome. If I can't, you know, once I get big enough, once you get like fifty or hundred positions on, then you kind of are the S and P to a certain extent. So you can start and remember, and I was adjusting during the, you know, if I got a lot of smaller caps or mid caps, I might do IWM against. So if I had a lot of tech stocks, I might do Qs against. But when Tesla was going nuts there for a few days, I actually was using XLK just to get away from the Tesla impact on the Qs. So you kind of got to understand, you know, what's the percentages and different ways to do it. But there's so many different vehicles to, to hedge with your ETFs. And, you know, and a lot of people say, well, why do you hedge? Why don't you just go long? I mean, great market. Yeah. You know, probably overall in a bull market, you make more money just going long. But, you know, the, the difference is in a bear market, I make more money in a bear market than I do because those inefficiencies grow. So, and again, you know, if we're just going back to the history of my trading, which, you know, I've had multiple questions about this, my best years in trading, my literally my best years, 2001, 2007, 2008, and 2020. Why? Because we had huge crashes and huge bear markets then. That, that's when you know you have a real edge, when you actually make more money in bear markets. So bull markets, I'm making money, I'm doing well. But because I go both ways, those shorts, you know, they don't do that well in the bull market. But, you know, 
they do really, really well in a bear market. You provide so, liquidity in those kind. I mean, yeah, you provide we're doing, the, we're just liquidity. Doing the edge. And, and, yeah. and don't kid yourself. Virtue Financial, you know, Citadel, they're all having their best years when you have these price dislocations as well. Don't kid yourself because they're doing similar stuff. So the pro- professional traders, you know, I was asking, you know, a, another friend, another prop firm. I'm like, what was your best years? You pound out the same three years as me. And, you know, and it, it's not a coincidence. So, I mean, in a bull market and you know, everybody looks like a genius, right? If you're long only and the stocks are going straight up, you're like, wow, you know, 2020, the back half of 2020, everybody's like, we can do no wrong. It's been a little bit different this year, but we're still in a bull market. So you have to analyze your own edges. Am I really good at this or am I just benefiting from a bull market? Because like I said, I traded retail in 1997, 1998, 1999, and I made money all the time. And I thought I was the best trader in the world. I got to break trader and trading in 1999. I realized I had no idea what I was doing. Like I literally was just benefiting from the bull market, the ridiculous bull market where everything was going up. And then in 2000 and 2001, you never heard much about trading after 2001 because there's so many traders. The NASDAQ fell 81%, 81%. Everybody got blown out. I had my best year ever because I had adjusted, you know, to understanding that I've got to trade more hedged. I am taking on more risk than I realized. You know, my you know, my buddy James um, uh, Marsh there on Twitter, he was tweeted something last night. I retweeted it. A lot of people have no idea how to manage risk. And you haven't really learned it in this market because we haven't really had a bear market in the last year and a half, two years. You know, we obviously had an ugly market in March 2020 and people would have learned the hard way, but they also learned that, that they hold, it comes back. And, you know, for the most part, maybe the indexes do come back. And maybe if you're a long-only investor, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. But if you're trying to trade for a living, you've got to be able to go both ways. That's it right there. Um, hey, uh, we had... Best some- ran ever, Ted Whalen said. That, look, look, wow. That, that was... I don't know but, about that. That but. was but, but a tease, but a tease of what will come on December 11th. Uh, but in the meantime... What you can do until then is hit that like button. Hit that thumbs up. That's great stuff from Dennis and Joel. Uh, let's move on here. and Let's go to Biogen. Uh, they had some good data out this morning. Uh, they had they reported phase three data on their Alzheimer's drug. And this phase three study showed two things. It showed, one, a reduction of a protein, a, a key protein, uh, that uh, is, is found in patients with Alzheimer's, and two, a correlation between said protein and cognitive decline. So what they're saying is uh, our drug reduced this protein that we've also found contributes to cognitive decline. So that was out last night after the close, and uh, the stock reacted to that. Uh, we'll, we'll pull up the chart here right it now. It moved big time. I tried to buy it on this headline. It went really fast. Um, I didn't get it. I tried. Um, I probably slept for the first few seconds on it. And then you're reading like, oh, crap. And you, and I could have lifted. I should have lifted. I could have lifted the 270. That would have paid up three and a half. And I'm really like, I can't believe I didn't lift it. But I second guessed it. I was just like making sure, like, is this an old headline? Because obviously, Bajan has talked about Alzheimer's a lot. So you're trying to quick. And then somebody lifted. And then went 272, 275, 280. And I'm like, why did I not just lift the 270? And this thing went all the way up to over $292 on that initial candle. So they got really excited, way overdone. Biogen is a thin stock after hours. It wouldn't have went up on crazy volume. It would have been like a few hundred shares probably traded up there. And then they pulled it in. And the 270s feels right. 290 was way overdone. 
Yeah, now you got a reset. You hit actually uh, 92.75. I think I would just look at some, you know, now that you've given it back, I think you just got to look at some daily highs here. Um, and you actually have a few even before 280. But uh, maybe get a look at this 279.71. Uh, that was the high on, on November 11th, and then it opens up in the 280 handle, but uh, kind of a thin stock. I think it's going to have a real hard time getting back up to, you know, uh, getting back to the 292.75, but we'll see. What about on the negative end of this? Did this hit any others? Like, uh, what's that stock that's competing? Sava? Yeah, Sava. How did they treat not, Sava on this? Not really. I, I like where your head's at, Joel. Not really. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Lily, I, who else is in the I think if it was rip roaring up 50 bucks today on this headline, it'd be a different story. Okay. But because it's only up a few bucks, it's not even getting headlines. I mean, it's up $7. Are they going to mention it on CNBC? Probably. But if it was up 20 or 30, it'd been like the top story with Johnson & Johnson. So because it's not rip roaring rally, nobody's thinking like, okay, well, this isn't good for Sabra. This isn't good for Lily, which has a competing drug as well. I thought it last night too, Lily. I was like, when it was ripping up 20 bucks, like do a short Lily on it. But then it came right back in. I was like, ah, it's probably a nothing burger for Lily. So, I mean, you got to analyze the, the more wicked the move, the more likely you'll see the pure plays either direction, yeah. depending on obviously, you know, thought process, competing drug, bring it down. I mean, we saw that with Merck, Bristol Myers a million oh, times. Oh, boy, and, boy. And, that and Merck was things. a buy. That Merck was a buy off that. Yeah, thing. and I, I traded it that day, but I didn't hold on to it. And Regeneron, I don't know where it is. Yeah, it was a buy, too. We said that. Um, you know, but I did say Moderna was a buy on that, too. Moderna has not really bounced back much. So that's having um, a hard although time. Although it's kind of right where it, right where Ooh, it was. Oh, boy, just hanging out down there. Did you I, see- I, eventually, I, I like, I, at a certain point in time, Moderna is going to be a buy because I think they're going to have that flu. I mean, if you're buying a 223 this morning, does it see the 100s again? It might because COVID's taking such they're, they're dumping the COVID like the stocks have benefited from COVID so fiercely that baby with the bathwater is getting thrown out here too. I do believe that Moderna is a better company though than doing so many things. And I believe in this. Uh, like if I was buying Moderna versus Novavax, I would do a Moderna all day long right now. Do I think you can make money doing a pair of Moderna long Novavax short? I think so. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of heat all over the place on that. It's, it's going to be a wild pair for you. But I do think eventually Moderna recovers. And I'm not sure Novavax has I, – I just think Moderna is a better company. That would be a long-term bet, though. But then you got to look at borrow rates if you're going to do it long-term. you got to look at a lot of things. I'm not sure you know what the rate is on Novavax. I haven't looked. It's probably not that bad, but – something you have to consider when you're putting on long-term pairs. Why did Pfizer get the hops yesterday? Those things were back over 50 bucks. I know. You just can't seem to uh, keep a good stock down, I guess. The one thing to consider is Pfizer, you know, is it's been the cheap way to play COVID the whole time. I mean, what's a trade Spencer 10 times, 11 Uh, times, Let's check. 3.12% dividend. I mean, healthcare drugs typically are lower wow, PEs. Very good guess. 11.5 is their forward PE, 11.5. And this is a core holding in my long term portfolio, which I'm not getting rid of. I bought it at $14 when the PE was 10 or 11 back then. And obviously, it just continued to grow. That was like seven or eight years ago I bought this. Um, but again, I mean, you know, it's it's been a cheap stock. You don't, don't expect a Pfizer to blow it to a 25, 30 times earnings. They don't do that. But it's it's not an expensive stock by any means. And Regeneron isn't too. I like Regeneron as well. I've said that. 
So I love, I love the healthcare stocks. I like all the healthcare stocks, to, to be honest. Well, speaking of all this, I feel like this is pretty relevant. Maybe we should talk AZN because AstraZeneca had earnings this morning. And sure. unlike Moderna and unlike Pfizer, AstraZeneca is uh, taking one for the team. that They've given away uh, their vaccine, a lot of their COVID vaccine for basically nothing. So uh, the revenue that they've realized from their COVID vaccine is is but a, a fraction of the revenue that Moderna has re- has realized, for example. Moderna has realized like $5 billion of revenue from their COVID vaccine. AstraZeneca uh, is, is nowhere in the vicinity of that. But they did say that they're going to start realizing more revenue uh, going forward. But they've given away a lot of their vaccines uh, for, for, for basically nothing. Uh, I'm not quite sure why the stock is down this morning, to be honest, because the numbers weren't that bad. The headline yeah. numbers, at least, weren't that bad to me, and they reaffirmed their guidance for the year. Um, but you know what? The stock is looking pretty the, – the, if you take away this morning, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, it's probably a buy on the pullback. I mean, it's a stock that's in a clear uptrend. It's not a sexy name. It's obviously already priced over in Europe. Something you have to consider is that, you know, it's not like this is just pre-market trading. It might just rip higher. It's been trading and open in Europe for five hours. So this is where it's going to be. This is where it wants to be. Does it bounce around the 60 area? I think it could. Am I jumping? You know, this isn't one you're going to make 20, 30% no. in a hurry. Is there slow, stodgy stocks? You're going to 4% pullback. If you're a long-term investor, it's probably a buy. Yeah, we, I don't know. I can't remember when. It was a while ago. I know Lisa wanted to, uh, you know, she reads like the magazines and stuff, you know, the medical journals and stuff. And she, let's buy some AstraZeneca. And I think, okay. So that was probably, I don't know. Yeah, six, seven. I mean, that's one like proximity, you know, I don't want to look at like this one. I'm like, you know. I, you can look at it. Today's a big down day, down 247. It's already priced in what happened in Europe, but uh, not doing anything. The time it. to load up on drug stocks was back in the middle of the summer when they were all in the gutter, and they just all got too cheap. I mean, Pfizer got itself down to under $37, $38, and we had Lilly pulling back there back in April, 180 and Merck had pulled back into the low 70s. I mean... There and Bristol Myers was, you know, Bristol Myers actually has come down, so that's actually an interesting stock in itself. But I, I don't know. I, I think, I think you're probably happy if you buy this stock, but it's not going to be the rip roaring yeah, one that takes over that. your portfolio. It's slow and steady wins the race there. Uh, this is off topic, but we, we screwed up. You, you know, what we should have been doing uh, for, for the past few weeks. We should what? have been submitting a bid to buy MoviePass. Because MoviePass is, real, is relaunching uh, because the founder um, bought it back from Helios and Matheson in bankruptcy proceedings for less for less than a quarter million dollars. We could have had MoviePass. What were we doing? I don't know. What's the symbol? It's not. Be? No, there is no, not, not going to come back. Yeah. yeah. We probably shouldn't talk about that stock. <laughs> it's, it's not a stock. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's well, not we should talk about it. All right. I, I thought that was funny. I guess not. Um, let's do it. We have a few more news items before we're going to bring on our guest here. Um, a bunch of random like headlines out of China. You had you had Singles Day yesterday. It was a record day in terms of revenue uh, for Baba JD Baidu. Though all yeah. are trading down this morning. DD came out and said that they expect to relaunch their app in China by next year. I think January is what they said. Um, and uh, we had some EV news as well. So a lot of Chinese stocks moving this morning for all different reasons. 
Just as we said yesterday, wow, we haven't heard anything out of China lately. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And like Singles Day, I mean, we totally let that go. Baba had a nice pop off it. Yeah, the JD actually had a better pop off. Yep, it did. It did. Uh, what were the like Didi? So they're they're getting to relaunch their app. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> Stock isn't responding, at least not much. Or they said by the end of the year is what they said. Okay. Yeah, nine fifty is a big hurdle. China stocks are hurt, man. Yeah, it's like there's so much random news that happens from a political standpoint. It's tough. It's tough. All right, we can move, I'm leaving it at that. We can move on. We can move on. Um, in in terms of other movers this morning, well, Tesla. Yes, we can talk Tesla here. Oh, there we oh. go. We're done with the show. And, and I can't believe I didn't reinitiate my shirt. I, I, so. I will, I'll give you both a round of applause because you nailed that one. You thought, ah, there's no way he's done selling. It can't no. be. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't well, make any sense. Yesterday, I, Elon Musk went back to uh, the selling booth. I don't know where I was going with that. And he sold yeah. 634,000 shares of Tesla yesterday. That's nothing. He's going to have a lot more to sell yet. So if he's only going to sell 600000 a day, he'll be selling every day for a month. So the, get used to it. There's going to be more sales here. Eventually, they'll become numb to it, though, and it won't matter anymore. I think yesterday, you had the initial pop where there's hope. Yeah. I didn't understand it. That maybe he's done. Uh, props, there were one trader in, in the firm that held it all day. Like, oh. it popped on him and it held it all day. And then it actually, he's just like, it's not done. It's not done. And anyways... um. Anyways, like he had initiated a short after the open or whatever and held it all day. And it was, uh, ended up being a big winner for him. So came back down. I wish I would have reinitiated my short. I was short it. Wish I would have held on to it. Um, obviously it came down significantly from there. I don't know at this point in time. I think everybody's starting to realize, oh, he's probably going to be selling for a while. So it's down five bucks because he sold more. It, it gave back the gains because I think there was market was anticipating that he was going to sell more. I don't know where it goes from here. He's going to continue to sell it, but if he's only selling six hundred thousand a day, maybe it's not just a drop in the bucket for it. Yeah, he got well. What did you do? You had, um, I mean, this is interesting here. I know I was looking for ten. I wanted to really see it get to eleven fifteen yesterday because that would have been you know halfway back of the move. But doesn't look like you're going to get there. It doesn't look like you're going to get a shot now in the eleven hundred handle. But this is this is we're going to find out if the selling's done. Because I'm looking at this little bounce that you had, and people, I'd say 1040. I would keep an eye on that today. 1040, 1042, because that's half of this. Ah, that's off a little bit, but you guys know what I'm talking about. You had the pop, couldn't even come back to get half of these, you know, half of the, these losses, and now you're just kind of rolling over again. So figure your 50 percent on that. Uh, that 987 sure doesn't feel like it's going to be the low of the move. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, you guys were right on the money yesterday with. The, yeah, with, yeah. Spencer, you you brought it up. I mean, you showed it on pro. I mean, it wasn't you know it's simple simple math. Great two math. Yeah. Ten ten percent. What does that equal? Okay. What did he sell? Oh, those are different <laughs> numbers. Okay. Uh. Anyway. Uh. Let's see. Um. We'll have Nate Topic on in a few minutes. Nvidia is trading lower today. They caught a downgrade. Honestly, though, like the best kind of downgrade. If you had to rank the downgrades, this would be the best kind you have. Which is like nothing. They didn't change their mind on the company. They still love the business. They just think the price has come too far too fast. Which is the best kind of downgrade. They're like, hey, we still love Nvidia. We just think the stock ran up too much. Too much for now. 
And, and what do they give? Like a three ten price target? You know, something like that. Three hundred. Three hundred. Three. Okay. Yeah. So that makes you scratch your head. Like, yeah. okay, do I want out at three hundred? Just going back to Tesla. Ten thirty two is my number on the downside. Must hold level for Tesla today. Ten thirty two. This stock has had such a run inside day yesterday. Not even near taking out the low from yesterday. I, that's what I would if I was on this thing and it took out the low two eighty seven seventy eight. Maybe some more downside here, but still hanging in the three hundred handle. Yeah. Anyway, um, what else is on my list here? We had some earnings. I'm not sure if you all want to cover them because we no one should, should maybe talk Rivian. You want to talk Rivian? Yeah, Joel and yeah. I talked about this one yesterday on the At the Close show. Uh, I did not see it's not that. giving up. I no. I you know what? Maybe we can ask uh, Eric Kroll because, uh, or or maybe Matt Hammond. But I'm not really sure how often you see this, where a stock undercuts its opening price on the very first day of the IPO and then comes back the very next day. Yeah. And actually, today is trading even higher than that. Yeah. So the initial day, I that's what I kind of thought it would open and then tank, and it yeah, did. It did. But it's turned around and now looking strong. And I tell you, now it's trying to break out. Obviously, making new highs in the pre market as well. You don't want to be short a stock making new all-time highs. I don't think anybody's short here yet, but they're going to be starting to be able to be short here, I think, today. So there's a lot of, you know, obviously borrowers out there when things only been out there two days. But I would imagine you're going to start to see some people thinking, okay, I'm going to short this thing. The, the valuation's ridiculous. But we know this, you know, valuation doesn't matter when the story's hot. And write that down. I've said it a million times on the show, but if you're new to the show, write that down. Valuation does not matter when the story is hot. Stock is still being talked about nonstop in the major media. Story is absolutely hot, disconnected from fundamentals. You'll know the story goes cold when the stock starts falling. But right now, this story is hot. Stock's hot. It's making new all-time highs. Um, what's not to like, really? Uh, 122.99, yeah, I would look at that. Uh, that's the all-time closing high of just two days of trading. What I would look for in this one if you're trying to pick a top, and I'm not trying to pick a top, um, traded 103 million the first day, right? So that's pretty good volume. Then you, you tapered off to 83 million. It's a little bit, little bit less. If the, if it, if the volume really starts to come down and then it starts to consolidate, maybe I'll look for a break because you still got fresh, you know, everyone's buying. I got to buy Rivian. You know, it's the next Tesla. It's going to this, that. And so, you know, you still got, still got the buyers out there pushing it up, but there's a point where people are, you know, like, ah, boy, that was a quick 20 points, but I don't see that at this point. Pre-market high, if you want to just a level, just a really short-term target, uh, 129.18. Uh, that was a high in the pre-market. And, and just to back up what what you guys are saying, uh, just to provide some supporting evidence, Rivian was the one, two, three, the fourth most searched stock yesterday on Benzinga, and the most searched stock yesterday on CNBC.com. So uh, it is trending, definitely. Um, but let's pivot wow. the con- let's pivot the conversation here, uh, and let's go over to the banks. We, we we've been. We talk about the sure. banks flirting yeah. with them a little bit here and there. Haven't yeah. had a, haven't had a longer discussion, but let's do that right now with our guest Nate Tobik. He's the found author of the Bank Investors Handbook. He also runs CompleteBankData.com. Bring him on the show right now, Nate. Good morning. How are we doing? Good morning. How are you guys doing? You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. 
Well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. We're doing great. It's a Friday, and um, everything is everything is good. Apparently, uh, I mean, just looking at the overall market, you can even just look at the bank specifically, and everything seems fine to me. No, it it yeah, it's uh, it's kind of business as usual. Um, you know, I think kind of the big, uh, really the big narrative is you know what's inflation going to do for these? Uh, basically, when that number came out, you know, a lot of people realized a lot of banks are lending at negative rates. Um, so, you know, you've got inflation at say 6% here, 6.8% and you get out a mortgage for, you know, 3.2. When, <laughs> so, when, when do they start raising those up? Like, you know, so that's, that's kind of the thought. I don't know. Um, you know, it seems like the fed doesn't want to move. They want to keep rates artificially low. And, uh, you know, because of that right now, rates are just stuck. So, it's almost like a game of chicken, you know, what, what's going to happen first. Uh, consumers aren't demanding any more on their money, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. That's, so that's the crazy part. They get back to where it all starts. I mean, there's people sitting with their money in their bank getting, you know, even if you're sitting in these long bonds and you're getting one and a half percent on your money, I'm like, who's doing that? I, so, I, I mean, if they yeah. can borrow, if the banks can borrow and you're sitting in your savings account, getting a half a percent or 1%, they can borrow at one percent and still, you know, give you a mortgage at three. They're still making two. So yeah. it, the oh, yeah. crazy part is that investors aren't demanding more for their cash. I I know. So I mean, the the one area where you could get more on your cash is if you go into uh, to the I bonds. You look at these; they're paying seven percent, um, and that's a you know government backed bond. I think it's seven percent through April twenty twenty two. Problem with that is it's like a limit of like ten or fifteen thousand dollars a person. So oh, wow. you can't actually move substantial money into these things uh, without you know playing all sorts of games, um, you know, incorporating little companies and trusts and stuff. Um, but you know that so that that's it. That so if you kind of look at you know what they're paying on I bonds, uh, that's probably deposit rate should probably be you know three five percent. And uh, banks should be lending at, you know, like 8%. Um, but instead, it's just been artificially pushed down. Uh, so, I mean, you know, the thing that's interesting is what we see is so many banks, and we hear this constantly, so many banks, they say, we have so much money burning a hole in our pocket. We don't know what to do with it. So while they have these cheap deposits, they have the same problem as every other investor, which is they don't know what to do with the money. And that so they're like trying to look for any, you know, any place to to, you know, lend it and put that out there. And in a lot of cases, uh, they're willing to make uneconomic loans because 
making 1% instead of making 3% is it's making something. And there's so much cash on their balance sheets because of this. So as PPP rolled off, all of that was repaid and that cash is sitting there. Um, organic business demand is, um, it, it just has kind of been wrecked from 2020 and never really came back. And uh, so everyone's just loaded with cash and waiting to do something. Uh, and so I, in some ways, if rates do start to go up and if they go up significantly, uh, banks should do pretty well floating up with them as they start to make new loans at these at, at the higher interest rates. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get that. It might just stay low. I, I my gut my gut is that the Fed is going to overshoot this. It's going to stay way too low, way too long, and it's not going to be a good thing. Do you got a couple picks for us, Nate? Yeah, I mean, so so I think if you look at the big banks. Uh, if you look at like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, all those, those guys are, they're pretty fairly valued. So like one and a half times book value, 15 times earnings. That's like a good, that's a good spot for banks to be. Um, if you start to to go down to the regional level, uh, like regions, financial, still decently valued, um, a little bit below that, like a New York community bank, FNB. Uh, I've mentioned FNB before. They're like a, they're trying to become a regional bank. And uh, they're throughout Pennsylvania, D.C., Virginia, and they're, I think, North Carolina. Um, they're trying to, you know, make that next level up. But these guys are at like 80 percent of book value, a few times earnings. Um, they all have all these banks have decent yields. So when you drop below that region's financial level, you're looking at like a three and a half to four and a half percent dividend yield on these. So not only do you get something cheap, uh, you also get something, you know, that's going to pay you to sit there and wait. We're on the line with Nate Tolbick. He's the author of the Bank Investor's Handbook. Joining us here on PMP, and I, Nate, I just have to say you're looking pretty sharp this morning. Uh, I appreciate yeah, that. I Thank like you. that. Yeah. Uh, I like that new do. You don't have yeah. that. You don't have the dentist do on today. Come so on. thank you. Yeah, thank, yeah oh, thanks for looking cut. spiffy today. Uh, Okay, two questions here. Sure. Uh, the first question, uh, now it's not directly related to bank, but indirectly related to bank. I mean, these mortgage lenders, I mean, come on, you know, Rocket and uh, United Mortgage. I mean, they had one heck of an environment uh, well, it, to be making money for yes. stocks to go up, and they didn't. Now, deal you know, with the potential of rates. So I don't, you know, at the, just in a general it, comment. It's, well, it's not even rates. It's so... Okay, so there's two things on those, um, and it, I I have a chart. Um, it's great. It shows all the non-mortgage lenders from the early 2000s. Do you, do you want to show us? Do you want to? Show no, us? I don't. I don't. I can't okay. pull it up quickly. But it's like uh, it, they peaked at like 64, 65 percent of the mortgage market, and by uh, 2007, 2008, they were at like one percent. So they, they basically just died off, and uh, we're back at That's the same wide. spot. And so these rockets that I mean, they they took. They took the mortgages from banks. Banks don't want to make mortgages because they can't compete with Rocket. Uh, the problem with Rocket is they the pandemic pulled forward so much demand. So anyone who wanted to move, all that house movement, all that pent up demand for moving, that was probably pulled forward a couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have everyone who could possibly refi, refied. Um, and so at that point, you say like, well, what what's what's the level going forward? Well, it's just whatever organic demand is people moving around, except a lot of that movement already happened. Now people are able to work from home. So where they might've moved for a job in the past, if things start to heat up, 
it's like, I'll just work on the VPN now. I don't need to move. And so it, it, there's a, a question like, where, where is that demand going to come from? They've been floating on that for a while. Um, I don't know. And so what banks do is typically when that happens, they go, they go into commercial mortgages because, you know, companies are always taking out lines of credit to, to finance operations, to finance growth. Um, you know, one thing we've seen is like, you know, a lot of people are going into car lending now. Uh, but the big, you know, the big narrative in the space is like this buy now, pay later type thing. Um, you know, and so if you just kind of like sit back and think about this, there's like four or five thousand banks in the U.S. There's another five thousand credit unions. Uh, then there's non-bank lenders. You know, kind of the idea is like there is a there is a lender with a pool of money for almost every single person who is credit worthy in the U.S., so when someone comes in and says, we have a new way of doing this, they're either stealing market share or they're sucking up the non-credit worthy borrowers that no one wanted to touch in the first place. And I think that's what some of this, the buy now, pay later stuff is. It's, you know, we have a new way of, of scoring credit, which there aren't any new ways, but they're just getting the, the unbanked who haven't, uh, who haven't been covered by this. And in a boom, all of this stuff looks great. Uh, and then credit losses start to roll in and, um, you know, someone's holding the bag. All right. One more for you. Uh, M&A. I mean, you really haven't seen that, you know, much of that. Uh, a lot of these banks have had a nice appreciation in their price. They have, you know, more capital to do things. Really haven't heard much in, uh, in, in the M&A uh, area. Do you think it's, that's going to, you know, stay the same or is there any – Potential areas or potential yeah. targets for, for, you know, for one of the big boys to strike. So, you know, the biggest ones in most cases are stuck and uh, there, you know, there, there's actually laws about how much deposit market share they could have in a certain area. So they can't keep acquiring, um, which is actually why you see them buying some of these fintech companies, hoping to get their fingers into more of the market without actually buying into the market. Um you know, but I do think so like PNC just bought um, they bought a ton of branches to get into like Texas and California. Um, you know, there's the big, um, you know, there's Truist, that big tie up. Uh, there's a couple of these. I, you know, if you talk to any banker, they'll say all the time, oh, we're you know, we're always being solicited for M&A. It's just not the right deal. And um you know, I know like there was a, a huge batch of deals that came through 2008 because the environment just got it was difficult. And a lot of these bankers said, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this. I'm not getting paid enough to deal with this. I just want to retire and be done. And right now, I don't feel like the there's the same pressure on the industry. Um, once that kicks up, though, I think it's going to be a, a crazy wave again because people want to get out. Nate, one last one for you. I'd be remiss. I got one more too. I got one. Oh, more. oh you got one more. Yeah. All right. Well, let me go, go for it. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd be remiss not to ask you about SoFi. I would love your take on maybe not even SoFi, but just like the, the fintech neo banks at large. Uh, you know, it's um. So, I I always like to joke banking is the second oldest industry. You know, and uh, it, it's been around. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not sure there's really any new takes on it. So eventually a lot of these digital companies, they either end up selling ads or they become a bank where they're financing their own customers. And the thing that sets a bank apart and it sets a, and a credit union apart from really anything else is the fact that they have federally insured deposits that are almost free. 
And if you're levering things up, you need almost free financing. Yeah. And and that's it. And so if you don't have uh, almost free financing, you know, you end up. I, so we get calls all the time from people who say, I own a mortgage company and I want to buy a bank. How do I buy a bank? Because my financing costs are too high. So, you know, the natural evolution of those things is they eventually decide we need to become a bank because these financing costs are killing us. They'll never get to that same that same level. You know, I I think given a long enough timeline, that's probably true. A lot of these fintech companies, uh, the other thing they're doing is they really battle it out in payments. Um, the big giant, you know, the black swan on the horizon is the Fed now payment system, where the Fed has actually been building. And now pay later. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yep. So they, the, the Fed's actually been building their own instant payment system. And uh, it's supposed to be coming out in a year or so. And, you know, the question I always ask when I look at these companies is like, well, what are they offering when the government, you know, when the government builds your product? It's like the the app developer who um, they're selling something on the Apple store and then Apple integrates that app in the new OS. It's yeah. like, oh, what do we have? We don't have anything. That, and hey, I, two quick things yeah. here. Uh, I got one from my own. And then Paul, Paul came up with a good question. Um, and this is the eyeball test for me. I mean, I just see more banks closing, right? And are they reducing costs, selling mm-hmm. the real estate? Uh, Paul's question is, what is the long-term outlook on bricks and mortar banking? And on the eyeball test, I'd say it's slowly going away. What's your take? hundred percent. Yeah. I, there's, um, you know, there's a threshold somewhere. I don't know where it is. So um, a bank does derive value out of the fact that every time you're driving down the street, you see their buildings every three blocks, there, you know, that's like yeah, advertising. Like there's there's mind presence to that. The operating costs are crazy. Uh, a lot of these banks are not making money on these branches, so they're closing them. There is a certain threshold, though, where once you close enough branches, no one even knows who you are. And so then you're going to have to ramp up marketing spend to try and combat that. But I, I mean, I know branch traffic in general is down 75 to 85% over the last few years. And um, I mean, they're the bank I bank with, their biggest branch is down the street and I'll go in there. Uh, their bankers don't even show up anymore. It's just a bunch I of know. empty offices and empty cubes and there's two or three tellers. I mean, it's it's not a good if, look. If, if there's two or three tellers. Yeah. Okay. One more for you. So um, who, who's, uh, who's the, the bank that's, uh, let's say you really think this Bitcoin is still going to, you know, keep going forever and ever and banks are so i mean jay uh jamie diamond thinks it's going to zero um there's other opinions out there what what bank is it the big boys you know who are the ones that are you know getting in they're doing the arb they're doing this is there is there a play or am i just kind of overlooking I, things here I, in Bitcoin? I mean i'm more on the jamie diamond side but i think the ones who have more technical capabilities are going to be the ones who figure out how to make money on it while it while it exists, you know, so um, I think JP Morgan and uh, Citibank could work to custody Bitcoin. Um, I, it's a fee play. You know, I, I know I talked to it. I mean, here's a it's a it's across the state, but FNCB, it's a sort of local bank um, that they were talking about Bitcoin. It's a bank's actually cheap. I think it's like 80 percent of book, 70 or 80 percent of book, a couple times earnings. Um, smaller bank, a couple billion dollars. But, you know, it's on their radar, but it's not like they're going to be custodying the thing. Uh, city, you know, city could custody it. 
JP Morgan, all those guys. And, and that's where the fees are. Uh, it's just like a brokerage. I, I, we just glossed over the fact that Nate just kneecapped a firm, I feel like. We just totally yeah. <laughs> glossed kind of. over that, kind of. but uh, or, or maybe not Nate, but Nate said the Fed is. Okay, whatever. Uh, Nate Telvik <laughs> is the author of the Bank Investor's Handbook, and he runs CompleteBankData.com. And we had a few people in our chat say Nate is a very smart guest, so we will definitely bring him back. Nate, and thank you. Appreciate one. it. Yeah, Nate. Thanks for having me on. Have right. a good Thanks, Nate. Oh, oh, always a pleasure. He's been coming on the show for years. Years. Always a pleasure to talk to Nate. The guy knows yeah. his stuff. Yeah, he does. He does his due yeah. diligence right there. I yeah. forgot to ask him, what was that one bank he always picked on? Uh, bank of the Ozarks? He yeah. never liked that one. Where is that now? OZK. <laughs> no, I forgot That's to ask went up with all the banks. Yeah. He never liked that one. No, he didn't. Uh, all right. Uh, we got, It's 8.50. We got 10 minutes here uh, before Great show. Uh, we'll hop off. Uh, we got ticker time. We'll do some ticker time right now. I want to start it off with LAZR Laser Luminar Technologies for a very specific reason because the CFO will be on Benzinga Live today at like 12 45 p.m. Eastern huh. time. We're talking to Laser. It's a high flying stock doing some crazy things. Joel, do you have thoughts on that chart? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to uh, limit my thoughts here. Um, I'll just say 2050. Keep your eye on that if you're looking for more upside. Yeah, You'll it's got to get above there. Yep, yep, Joel's got a nail, nail on head. It's got to get above there before it gets in. Nail meat head. All right, I already wrote down some tickers from earlier on the show. Somebody asked about Robin Hood from like a half hour ago. Oh, it's moving. If we can look at who it is. is it? I have not looked at it today. Yeah, it was moving last night, too. I mean, it's been huh. moving down, but it's bouncing here this morning. Was there a headline or something? Because it was really ripping last night, too. If you look last night, multiple yeah, times up it. over 35. I don't know if there's just somebody just getting in there. Oh. I mean, it's oversold, but this stock is hanging right out near its all-time lows. And I always say, when a stock makes a new all-time low, you got to go. We haven't made that new all-time low yet, though. So you have a bogey. 33 and a quarter, the all-time low. It's got to hold there. You do not want. So if you're trying it here, you clearly know where your stop-out point is. So does it get a bounce from here? It could do. It could bounce off it. It's been holding it, which is good news. Really but tight, though. Yeah. Tight. Yeah, but the, yeah. uh, down here too long makes you nervous. But I, I don't know. You got you to level. Yeah, yeah, we should have flipped much more. See, that more bearish when it took out 40. But it just hung yeah, there, right? So then you had to take it into the report. Right, yeah. and then yeah, it, it had the report. So I don't think that you could get super excited about this until this gets over forty and holds forty. And I still can't get this day out of my mind with this stock. What did the guy? You know, they sold a gazillion shares on this day. It, it wasn't a gazillion, and it was a lot. And it was had, a lot. And they had every right I, to do that. And the third day of that, you know, after it's public, like, okay, uh, thank you very much. All right, and, I, I just can't get that out of my mind. You know, oh, guys. Fair enough. Um, somebody asked us about Disney. I'm not sure. I know we talked about it for each of the last, like, three days. I don't yeah. know if there's anything new to add here. I, I, I'd i like to be a buyer back at the 160 level now. You had the washout. Maybe you should buy it right in the initial dip, and you'd be happy if you did it. I think it'll back and fill now here, so I do think you want to be a buyer of Disney. I think it's going to get started talking as a play on the metaverse, and I think it is a play on the metaverse. I know we talked about it yesterday. Kramer was talking about it all day being a metaverse play like on, in the morning and then on his show as well. I mean, even the CEO mentioned Metaverse. I mean, this is going to be a sleepy Metaverse. It's not even a sleepy one maybe anymore. But 
I think they're, you know, the Disney Plus knocked her down to give you the buying opportunity. I do think you should be buying this dip on Disney. Um, I'd like to get it back three three bucks cheaper, one sixty. I don't know if you need to chase it or not because it did just disappoint. Like you were saying, Spencer, maybe we're early on that trade. I think Disney eventually had benefits from the reopening. I think eventually it benefits from some increased content on Disney Plus, and I do think it benefits from the metaverse. Speaking so, of, I speaking like it. Of, an event today. Speaking of Disney Plus, Dennis, keep your eye on the screen. 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Disney Plus Day kicks off. Oh. Exclusive trailers and all the new things coming to the platform that you're that you're not going to watch, but your kids are. Same. I want to be long it. I don't want to chase it up five bucks from yesterday's low very much, but. I don't know. I, I don't want to miss it either. Okay. I like uh, it down here. Let's do a few more here. Let's look at Scott's Miracle Grow, SMG. I didn't write down who asked about it, but somebody did ask about it. I'm long Scott's Miracle Grow in the long term account. Um, oh. I bought it back when I had all that. Con- I actually bought this a long time ago. I shouldn't even say that consolidation. Um, I've been in it for a while. Not a long time ago, I've been in it for a few months. Okay. So I'm in Scott's Miracle Girl. I think I got in at 148. So I can look at oh, the charts. That's really well, no, it's got to be. I, I didn't. I don't. I don't think I bought it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm in at like 148, 150. So I didn't buy it that long ago. It's only been down here for a couple of months. I bought it in this consolidation. It consolidated here for like a month and a half. Then you had the 140 area to yeah. lean on, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And- I've been. I bought it in this whole consolidation area, and I kind of. Was a little scared going through the report on it because some stocks are getting killed, some stocks are going up. But I was like, "Oh well, we'll see what happens." So it's fairly cheap. I mean, it's come down significantly here. For, you know, this is used in so many different. You know, they, they've got a lot of good products here. And I, I, I'm sticking with Scott's Milk Girl. Yeah, uh, I like this one too. I mean, I cannot believe the range for the entire month of October was seven bucks. Wow, Can it was tight. Believe- now, was, the, now uh, the earnings has kickstarted it. Yep, the earnings kickstarted it. Um, you see what you know. You haven't had a precedent. I mean, there's quite a few red candles in here, but you haven't had a precedence of this many red candles in a row. And then you get a little, little bit of a green candle, and now, now you're working on a big, big uh, green candle. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drill down in any dailies on this one. But it just kind of looks like it made the turn, right? And it wants to try and get back some half of that move. So maybe, you know, longer term, I'm not talking today or tomorrow or whatever, you know, get half back of that move, 194, 195, maybe a potential target. It sure looks, sure like it's it, the, the trend has turned, at least on the monthly candle. It's a bit of a cannabis play, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's what it is, actually. It's, it's Well, that's the sexiness of it. Yeah. You know, it's really <laughs> fertile. It's really, you know, <laughs> for your lawn. But uh, no, no, no one knows that, though. Um, hey, <laughs> have you seen generous. have you seen Snowflake recently? S- uh, SMW? No, I looked at it for a while. You should take, check it out. Wow, it's coming back. A lot of these growth techie names, a lot of them have come back nicely. It's been running, though, too far now. So now you're chasing, I think. Trend's your friend. It's got a nice trend. Yeah, I mean, let you all you got. You're trading up. Ooh, three uh, trading right near an all time high, right? You're trading at three seventy seven ninety two. Uh, one number, one number only. Three seventy seven thirteen. That was your all time high back then, and uh, your all time closing high was right up there. So it holds three seventy seven. Boom, keep going under three seventy seven. Did it have earnings or news today? And this and this no. is thirty one thousand. So no, people are. The people are trading some volume on this one. That's good. Uh, 
Good to see. And, and there's a, we'll do a couple here real quick, and they're both retail. We got asked about Coles and Lulu, and I believe I know Coles reports next week. I don't know if let's look at one of Lulu reports, and then maybe they already data. Let's let's find out here. But uh, we got retail earnings next week. Yes, we start, do. Start with KSS, and then let, let me find out when. Wow, it's been moving. You're right up back at the sixty. This has just been the level of all levels. You go back early twenty one. We got sixty failed. We just came up sixty back in September failed. Now we're back sixty again. Third time at charm. Maybe it continues higher, but you're at major resistance right now. On KSS, Joel. KSS Coles. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you for alerting me. Yeah, you got uh triple top at 60. Also, back in late August, 60 was a really relevant number. And on the downside, you got to lean on 58. So that's what you're looking at. Just got to get rid of that seller at 60. Now you're buck buck 40 away uh, in order to get that level under 58. Uh, looking at some potential downside there, and then yeah, Lulu is off cycle, so I don't know when the hell when the hell they report. These guys are they always do crazy, uh, crazy times. Um, right, let me see if I, I got. I know there's way more comments that I can get to. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, I, yeah, I just want to do a quick preview. Um, I have yeah. uh, I have Sean Udall uh, coming on at oh, nine o'clock. Dennis, I if I know you're busy on Friday, Dashed Expiration. I just emailed you the link. So if you want to hop in there for a second, we'd love to have you. If not, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, he's going to well, talk. Next Friday's option expiration he almost gave me a heart attack. There, oh, well, there's always the week. I, I, I seriously like just like <laughs> what? I was like, well, when you just said option expiration. All okay, I, I get that, but I was like, I thought this was the third Friday. I was like, did I miss a Friday? I literally like was just going to like jump off the Sorry. show right away because I'd have a lot of prep to do if it was third third Friday of the month. Third Friday of the month is a bread and butter day for inefficiencies. So that's one of my big days usually. We're going to talk uh, Rivian, MQ, ARRY. And then um, also we're just going to talk about um, how stocks move on earnings per share, you know, EPS reports. And uh, and also some companies that are perhaps at an early stage of development. So uh, join me over on Pre-Market Prep Plus. Spencer, I'll be talking to you later on. Dennis, go get them. I'll see you later, Joel. I'll see you later, Dennis. Actually, I will see the rest of you guys later as well. I'm going to bring Mitch on now. And we're going to maybe try a new segment where, where we, we let Mitch uh, do his own little stocks to stocks he's watching segment at the end of the show maybe on fridays um so let's get money mitch on now he's going to run through stocks on his watch list and while he's doing that mitch good morning i see you there lurking in the background um what's up man uh while he's doing that i will also hop off and prepare for our next show which is going to be an all-access show which will go live in around 9 10 9 15 uh today so mitch good morning what is on your radar well, first things first, I want to definitely give a thanks to Tua. Tua, we'll see you later, Spencer. Hit that like button. And uh, yeah, how the, how the heck did the Dolphins win last night? Right, right there. Tua coming in. That's yeah. what it was all about. Number yeah, awesome. one, baby. Awesome. Let's keep going. All right. All right I'm going to step off and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Mitch run with it. And guys, hit the like button for Mitch. Let's go. Let's go. Tell us what you thought of our, of our new intro. All right, going to catch up with the chat here. Also want to stay with you guys. You guys determined a lot of the stocks that I'm going to go over right now. So always, every single day, put those stocks that you guys want me to cover. I'll definitely go ahead and nail those. Uh, Let's go ahead. Let me bring up my screen here. Um, I'm going to go full screen here so you guys can see what I'm looking at. First stock up is going to be DKNG, of course. Uh, We've been looking at DraftKings pulling back. Yesterday, we got 
the Portnoy response. I don't know if you guys saw that. Definitely check it out if you missed that. Uh, Dave Portnoy uh, responding there. So today I'm looking bullish DraftKings. Um, you know, we have multiple lows in the same area, uh, right, right around that 40, 89, 40, 90. Uh, 40 50s is the low that I don't want to see break today. I would like to see a little move down maybe to the 50s, but right up and getting back above that high uh, that we have yesterday. So the high is 41.75. Let's see if we get back above DKNG's levels today. Penn, we could take a look here. Um, let me go ahead and put this full screen here so you guys can see a little better. Uh, so Penn, I'm looking for a reversal through 60 today. Uh, you could get a little dip first down, maybe towards the 5740. Uh, but DKNG looking good. Another one I'll give you in the same industry that I think the chart looks better is specifically this one, uh, GAN, uh, the gambling sector. Looking for this one to get up through 1450, get on up there towards the 1550, and maybe up to 16 today. You can see that trend line. Draw the box out for you so you can see the trade. All right, catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? What about Penn? We just talked. Uh, just entered Black Sky and Rocket Lab. Noel talking about. Well, Noel, I got some news for you. Um, so here you go, guys. Um, it's probably not what you want to see, uh, but Rocket Lab is pushing back their launch here. Uh, so we're holding off on the launch today out of an abundance of caution. So the next launch opportunity would be November 16. So be careful with Rocket Lab today because it was supposed to have that launch and now it's not going to. So I think this one might drop today, um, especially because they're pushing back the launch date. Um, we were looking for this to give this a run today, RKLB. BKSY. And for that being mentioned, definitely come to SPACs attack today. It's actually going to be our last SPACs attack. So you don't want to miss it, guys. We're going to do some fun things. We're going to do a battle today. Uh, but Black Sky, we'll see if it keeps running. But really, it was supposed to run off that RKLB because they were bringing two satellites up. And now it's not going on. So just be careful. Just want to put that out there. All right. Now catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? Uh, someone's talking about QS. Perfect. I'll go into the next stock here. This is what I like to hear. You guys are staying with the stocks that I've been looking at. So QS is one that I've mentioned for battery plays. This has been a monster winner. Um, and we talked about this all the way back at this gap. Um, we're, now we're looking to see if MVST, Microvast, could get strong today. If we're looking at uh, QS getting strong, I want to see Microvast make a break through $10 today. So that's when I'm going to be looking a nice push up through 960s and going up to $10. So someone asked in the chat, what's a $10 stock that could make a run? This is the one I would put on the radar, MVST. Last one I have here, um, we got Sundial. We can talk about, we talked about this one yesterday, right here on live trading. I talked about how this one could potentially make a run towards $1 because why? Because it did have that delisting that has been talked about. And also we got earnings. So earnings came out here for Sundial. Uh, it actually did pretty well. Net earnings of 11.3 million for the third quarter of 2021 compared to 71.4 million loss in the third quarter of the prior year. 
they also announced here that's important a share repurchase amount. So Sundell may only purchase a maximum of 102.8 million shares, which would be approximately 5% of the issued and outstanding shares. The program will commence on November 19th. Uh, and expire on that same day so that's going to be the next day that i would look for sundial to run i think you might get a pullback here past let's say 75 cents and then get another breakout through that one dollar as you get closer to that repurchase date which is i'll repeat again november 19th so we're talking about seven days from now i'm looking for a pullback if you are seeing some push today I know that a lot of people are going to be selling. Why? Because a lot of people were loading the boat in this area looking for the breakout. And I think they're going to be selling into the move. So just be careful there with Sundial. And I'll keep on going. How's the chat doing out there? All right. So Blink being mentioned. Uh, Robert, thank you for the super sticker. appreciate that. Uh, catching up with the chat, seeing some tickers being mentioned. Uh We'll get towards SPACs attacked a little bit later. Just wanted to give you guys some insight to not miss out on that. So definitely give us a thumbs up. All right, let's go towards one last one. I'm going to talk about Fubo, Vizio, and one that has probably surprised lately is Discovery. Discovery has been making a move on up. So let's see if this can continue. I've been waiting for a while. Monday was really the area that got me a little interested here. We were up here towards 26. I wanted to look for a pullback to 25.71. We got a pullback towards uh, low here at 25.98, but didn't get back towards the 70s. I haven't gotten in this one, but I'm looking for pullbacks. Uh, Discovery did pop up. And this was all based, I think, off the AMCX move that was coming down towards the shadow, but we'll see how that one continues to move. And the last expensive stock, I'll bring an expensive one for you traders that I like. I love this chart. This chart is beautiful, guys. Multiple times to get above. You got one high here, two highs, three highs. Now what I always talk about, as long as the support holds from this point, we could look for another push up towards 400, 450s. That's what I'd be looking for on Monday. And this is looking good. More expensive stock, but good levels to go off of. We'll see how this one holds today. 360s is the area I'd want to see hold. And we'll see if Monday can get ribbon. All right, that's probably going to do it for the stocks that are on my radar. But like always, guys, you guys can stay with me on Story Investors. I gave a lot of stocks early on in the week that have already done well. And it's really not about how those stocks have done, but the process that I take, always going after what I call the laggard play, trying to work backwards, macro, macro to micro. So we work from sectors to industry to the stocks. And that's how I've been able to find these plays and not just only find plays that I know, but maybe sometimes find plays that I don't know. Like, let's say, Billy. Uh, Billy was one that I called out earlier in the week that made a nice run. But this was a stock that I didn't know. And so this is how you find these stocks. A lot of the times it's working backwards versus forward. I always like to have more of a basket laggard approach. And we're going to keep watching to see how these run. All right. I got about 
two minutes left. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here at 910. I'll let Spencer let me know, but you guys can throw some stocks in the chat if you guys want me to check it out. I'll run through there and grab some of these. I hate Mondays. <laughs> How is Monday so expensive? Uh, well, one of the things is with Monday is that you guys know a lot of these have been doing well. Asana is another one that has been doing really great. But I'll definitely keep an eye on that. Christian, I'm glad you got some good info out of Sundial. Um, that's a very important uh, info to have there. And we'll keep going. Uh, so I see Affirm mentioned multiple times here. Let's go ahead and take a look at Affirm and see what we're seeing out there. All right. So I'll pull the chart back up here. Let's take a look here. AFRM. What are we seeing on this? It pulled back to the 50 moving average here. Um, and we're going to look to see if it gets back on up here. But I can tell you that you had one attempt to push on up through this level, two attempts to push on through this level, three attempts to push on through that level. And then you now pulled back all the way towards the support. So it's okay if it holds that 13160. Um, but if it's getting in between this real volatile area. So to me, this is a little bit too much volatility uh, between 130s and 170s to go after this today. But it could easily come down towards that 130, 160, just as much as it can come up towards that 170. Um, so I would watch this on both ways. But personally, I think this is too volatile of a name for me. And I would stay away because I would have too much risk in this name. Yes, it could have the reward, but for me, there's other plays out there than a firm. Uh, cheaper one, KPLT also mentioned. Uh, this is like the cheap version of a firm. You can maybe watch this one today. I like this chart better, less risk, and, and you also still got a good potential for reward. You could look for a move up into this area, risk down towards the low of that big candle that you see down here. Um, so we'll see if this one can get ripping. That's KPLT, a cheaper one that is maybe trying to fill this gap on up here. So let's see if it tries to fill that gap. That gap would come into this area here, and we'll see if it can get on roaring. That's KPLT. All right, catching up with the chat. Is there any other tickers being mentioned there? I see CrowdStrike, Peloton. Uh, I could take a look at a CrowdStrike. Let me take a look. I haven't seen that chart in a while. CrowdStrike holding. Uh, definitely one of the best. <laughs> if you guys, I like this stock before the pandemic, back when it was trading at $50. This stock is almost a $300 stock. That's why you definitely got to stick with the trends. Uh, we, we had that feeling that security would do great. Crowd broke out of this play. Now it's been going into more of this play. Let's take a look here at the weekly. What are we getting? We got one topping action, two topping actions, three topping actions. And now it came back, tried again, but couldn't get above that 290. That 290 is going to be so important. If we can't break through that 290, then I think we're coming back down towards the 240. Let's see what happens today. See if we can get through that 290 again. Daily chart has a nice little support by 280s. You don't want to see that break. You want to see us get above that 290 and start pushing. All right, Hancho. Uh, if you didn't put Facebook 30 times, I probably would have touched it. But you did put it 30 times, so I'm going to avoid your call out today. I'll go for GGPI instead. You don't need a spam. I'll, I'll find it. Uh, look at GGPI. This is a SPAC that could continue to make a run towards 1150s. We'll see if this one can continue to 
run. I got you, Sophia. Fins up. That's what it's all about. Uh, Lumineer being mentioned also. So let's take a look here. Uh, LAZR is actually a stock that I'm still in, guys. I'm looking for this to hold above 20 today. We don't want to see a crackdown. If we do see a crackdown towards 1870s, that needs a hold. And I could take another ad. Um, we will have them on later on Benzinga TV. So I don't want to say too much on this name. I've been in it for a little while since Monday. Uh, we'll see if this one could keep running LAZR. Marco, welcome to the show. All right, guys. Uh, going live in one minute. From All Access, Spencer, about to get you guys on over. LiDAR Sympathy, yes. You can look at LiDAR AI. Uh, you could also look at Oust. Uh, but really what you want to see is a good deal come from one of these. Uh, so keep your eyes on, on all those LiDAR plays. You also got AEVA, just to mention some other ones there. Debbie, much love out there. I hope you guys have a great trading day. Bill mentioning a name that I'm actually in right now which is SPI. This is going to be the last one I'm going to mention. I did get into this one yesterday on live trading at 5.15. Why did I get in on this name? Because of our community in live trading. So live trading actually caught the news as they hit the tape. They let me know, and I was able to make a reaction off of that, getting into SPI, and now we'll see if we can continue to run. Like I said, I give you my entry, which most people don't. That's why we're fully transparent here on Benzinga. So definitely smash the like. We'll continue getting these trading ideas for you guys and giving you an ability. Looks like uh, Hendrix wants to join the stream, but I'll, I'll push him to the side here. And I'll get started on my trading. Up next, you guys got all access with Spencer Israel. Stick around. There's some great companies that you might learn from. So up next, you got all access, and we'll see you there, guys. Till next time, smash that like and hit the subscribe bell below so you get notified when pre-market prep goes live. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.